What's up, sports fans? You know what it is. It's the D.C. Sports Subtle, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork, alongside the usual cast of characters, George Wallace, so kind of him to fit us in between his reports, and Dave Preston, who continues to test the boundaries of how the human body can perform at a high level without sleep. I don't know how you do it, brother. And I'm surprised you said high level. I, I was I was just looking for the bare minimum or, or I like thought you were going to talk about mid-level. performing with the Christmas tree up. Hey, so I thought keep that's Christmas, Christmas with tree. you all through it the is, year, or at least this, in this your... This is being recorded on January 18th, and be it noted that Dave Preston still has his tree up. So as we come here with the uh, intent to speak about the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator position, which came available, we broke the huddle and then they broke the news that they were going to move on from Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator. Uh, A lot of options have been bandied out. So we're going to break them down into kind of two categories here today and uh, who we think is the home run option the best case scenario that may or may not be plausible for Washington at a very crucial juncture where ownership could be changing pretty soon. And we'll get more into that. And, uh, and who we think is the more realistic option, who we think that the franchise knowing them to be who they are, who we think that they're going to end up settling on George, you're the beat reporter for the Washington commanders. Who do you think is the home run option and who do you think they settle on? Well, you know, what's funny is the option I would have loved to have been more I was intrigued by was Daryl Bevel with Miami, but he's turned him down. So now I got nothing. He turned him down. He said, thanks, but no thanks. We know that. um, Who else turned him down? Oh, uh, Jim Caldwell turned them down. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's my home run right there is Jim Caldwell. Yeah. And and, and, and the the thing you worry about now is with so much uncertainty, if you're in a uh, especially if you're an up-and-coming uh, offensive coordinator, offensive mind, are you going to hit your wagon to this staff knowing that ownership is changing and you could be blown out in half a year or a year or whatever? And, yeah, maybe you come in and do a good job and you can be considered for the future. But if I'm an up-and-coming guy, I'm not hitching my wagon to Ron Rivera's staff. If, you are a, uh, um, if you're an established offensive guy, offensive mind, that's out of a job right now, like a Frank Reich or you know somebody like that that could maybe come in and take over and then you also could become the head coach midway through next year who knows if you've got that kind of experience if if you're looking to get back in the game maybe that's how you take this job but we've heard Caldwell now Bevel say no thanks Ken Zampese he was already on the staff is interviewing today they talked to Pat Shermer if Byron Leftwich is out in Tampa I'm all in on that that's my home run as well right there would he come here I have three home runs, Jim Caldwell, Byron Leftwich, and Frank Reich, none of whom I think would take this job. But Byron Leftwich, I I have to say, as of this recording on Wednesday, uh, Byron Leftwich has not been fired in Tampa Bay, but there's some talk that he could be once they are done with their deliberations. Now, number one, that would be absolutely foolish on the part of the Buccaneers organization to do that because they're just two years removed from a Super Bowl. And he would be a great fit here. And let's put the local ties aside for a second. Yeah. Because I think we would all love to see that. What What is the, the deepest position Washington has on its offense? It's their receivers. They have a ton of receivers with the Bucks, and they use them masterfully, uh, you know, during that Super Bowl run 
in Tampa Bay. So I think he would be uniquely suited to come in here. And uh, he's already demonstrated that he can uh, lead an offense that is, uh, you know, sort of similarly put together as what Washington has. And also, by the way, yes, he is an H.D. Woodson grad. And, uh, and, and that's one thing quietly Washington has done a really good job of over the years is they've assembled quite a bit of really good local talent. Just about anybody on their defense who's wearing a C on their chest uh, grew up in this area. Jonathan yeah. Allen, Chase Young, Kendall Fuller. So if you get an offensive coordinator who, let's be real, <laughs> if, they, if they get off to an 0-5 start like they did a few years ago, he might end up being the head coach here under right. uh, new ownership. So and that's why the Frank Wright thing is intriguing. He's been a head coach. Right. He worked well, he was a Carson Wentz guy too, but that's gonna that's, that's done now. But, <laughs> right. but you know my point. But yeah, uh the leftwich thing is funny. If they let him go in Tampa, first of all, I don't think if they let him go, that means Brady's coming back. I don't think that's the case. And yeah. they didn't have an offensive line really. I mean it's always Byron Leftwich all of a sudden didn't forget. They just went <laughs> to the Super coach. Bowl. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. So and parenthetically, because he's a local, I feel like I can do this quick segue. But if left which is let go in Tampa Bay, I don't think he would come here. I think the ideal yeah. landing spot for him would be Pittsburgh. And I know that they're saying that they might go ahead and hang on to Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator there. But under Mike Tomlin, where he was the backup quarterback during their glory years when they won a Super Bowl, went to another. I think that would be the perfect landing spot for him. Dave Preston, who do you think is uh, is the home run and who do you think they settle on? Well, it all depends on what we mean by home run, because there are di as just as every ballpark has different dimensions. Yeah. What is a home run for this Washington commander? This is a hitter's team? ballpark. I think exactly. I mean, they, I I don't think they're going to get a great hire, as you guys have mentioned. Who wants to come? Just like it's very difficult to get an up and coming coordinator to come in here and be a head coach it's very difficult to get an up-and-coming assistant to come in here and be a coordinator just like it's difficult to get a russell wilson to want to come to play in washington or someone who has the power to determine their nfl fate even though russell wilson isn't what he was when he was with seattle so I, it's a difficult market for the team i think pat Shermer might be the best case scenario for this franchise based on who they can bring in he he coordinated uh, he coordinated a number one offense in Minnesota that was pre Kirk Cousins I believe in 2017 I believe they led the league in total yards I believe previously with Philadelphia they may have led the le the uh, league in rushing so when he was there before he uh, before he moved on and uh, after before uh, Ch uh, Chip Kelly got fired and and things blew up there. He has head coaching experience, so it's it's the move that brings another adult, another smart guy in the room. And if things blow up with Ron Rivera, it's another option for ownership. They can go to Jack Del Rio. They can go to Pat Shermer, two guys who have been head coaches in multiple spots and know how to connect and, and know not just the not just being able to draw up plays, not just being able to formulate a game plan, but knowing how to win over the locker room and deal with a, a team as a program, as building a program and getting and getting them through a season. I think that is the home run hire. I think can we talk about safety squeeze and uh, slap single <laughs> hires at this point? I think you know Ken Zampezi is the guy. And at first I was like, oh, Ernie Zampezi's kid. He's 55 years old. So yeah. he he has a wealth of NFL experience. It's almost the logical move. Although if Scott Turner wasn't the right guy for this offense, is the guy who was working under him, is he the right answer? And I think the the issue, whoever becomes the new offensive coordinator in Washington, how does he mesh with 
Ron Rivera and what he wants to do, because Ron Rivera isn't just the head coach. He's the empowered head coach. This is a head coach centric offense. So he's the de facto general manager. He's the guy bringing in groceries for not just himself, but for the offensive coordinator. He is, he, he wants to run the ball. He said, you know, two to one ratio. I think he was being a little, he was exaggerating a little bit, but he does want to show a commitment to run the football in 2023, maybe 51% or maybe 45%, which is still more than the league average. So whoever gets the job is going, this offense is going to have Ron Rivera's fingerprints on it. All right. Well, here's that, the other thing. That's not necessarily a good thing. And I think we all agree guys that uh, Ken Zampezi would be a terrible and uninspired hire. Nobody right? said because, that. I mean, we that's all just, agree. Nobody said just, terrible. No, because that's, that, that's Scott right. Turner light. You're, here's the thing. You're giving it Ron to Rivera. Rivera has to swing for the fence here because here's the deal. You got to make a strong impression on the new owner quickly yeah. next year. So you can't like, you know, you, you, you it's a, it's a, and, and who knows if you start winning football games, then maybe Ron sticks around and well, offensive coordinator, whoever it is, but it, you have to, you, but you have to sure. have a, you have to have a strong offensive coordinator. Your coordinators have to be strong. And that's one of the Agreed. underrated aspects of being a head coach in the NFL is that in order to have the ultimate success, you need to be able to delegate to guys who are really strong coordinators. When the Patriots were at their absolute best, mm. three Super Bowls in four years, they had two really good coordinators in uh, Charlie Weiss and uh, Romeo Cornell. You have to have guys that similarly strong here. And I think, and this is not my home run option, but I think this is who they're going to end up with. I think it's going to be Pat Shermer because Forget the head coaching record. He was nine and twenty-three. If he ends up being the head coach here, even on an interim basis, that's a nightmare scenario for Washington. So let's forget that. But as an offensive coordinator, he does have look in terms of the rankings. The rankings aren't beautiful. I think he's had two top ten offenses uh, in the time that he's been an offensive coordinator. But he works well with quarterbacks, both young and old. And he uh, and, and chunk plays is uh, has been a hallmark of his offenses. They get a lot of chunk plays, and that's been a problem for Washington uh, under Ron Rivera. So this is the scenario that I think plays out. I think you get Shermer as the offensive coordinator. Howell goes into training camp as a QB one. And I think they're going to get one of these veteran quarterbacks who's played under Shermer before mm. Case Keenum for a second tour of duty in Washington or Nick no. Foles as a backup. What do you think of that? I think uh, all, that is ahead, definitely in the realm of possibilities, knowing, knowing this team and knowing, you know, what they do. And but, uh, but also, but, uh, yeah. but this is the reality you have a, and, and I think we've called him a lame duck coach going into 2023, because I don't think anybody feels super strongly about him staying, but just the reality of the ownership situation almost mandates it. So if he's here and he's got really kind of one more chance I mean, that's kind of the best case scenario you're looking at. You're seeing what you got in Howell, and then you have a backup who the fans aren't going to be necessarily screaming for if the Howell experiment goes sideways. And I think that's the key, Rob, that there needs to be some patience with with Sam Howell or whomever they bring in, if they bring in someone else. And there can't be the, oh, Taylor Heineke did this, Taylor Heineke did that. So whatever the case moving forward, there's got to be patient you know, shown in there. And and also it, and and Shermer is unlikely to stand on the table for Taylor Heineke to right. come back, and I think you have more of an opportunity for that to happen if Zampezi is is back. And I'm right. going to throw out his Cleveland record because nobody has been good 
with the Browns <laughs> over the years. But he was an yeah. unmitigated disaster with the Giants, too. And, yeah. And, yeah mean, but, but that I was also, at the tail end of the Manning era, too. Yeah. I don't think, though, if he – I don't think whoever it is, I guess it could depend. If it's Shermer and there's a coaching change, it's Del Rio's team. I don't think it's – yeah, I don't think they would have to keep him. I think it would, yeah, because I mean that Del Rio already has experience doing that. I could argue I, Del Rio when his mother was sick. Like, I think Del Rio, Del Rio, you could argue, and I can make a case that Del Rio, you get better results with him coaching this team right now. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I would like it, but yeah. I don't. I, I don't disagree with it. He did have he, he pretty consistently had playoff teams in uh, Jacksonville and in Oakland at a time where that wasn't a thing. So uh, uh, yeah, he's not going to get you the ultimate success. I, I would even say that he's, he's basically Ron Rivera with a better track record for getting teams, you know, getting, having winning teams and getting teams to the playoffs. The problem that uh, and I think I've said it on here before, I think the most notable thing, if you take the 15 and one Super Bowl uh, team off of Rivera's ledger, the most notable thing he's ever done is get multiple teams to division titles with a losing record. That's not necessarily a good thing. So right. is there a banner for that in Canton? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they put jerseys or cleats in for that or a clipboard, I guess in this case, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think Jack Del Rio does have a better uh, track record, but here's the thing. And, and I think Shermer falls into this category as well. He's probably a better coordinator than he is a head coach. Actually, with Del Rio, I would say he might be a better head coach than he is a coordinator. And I think with Del Rio, just like 21. Yeah, I would just think with Del Rio, just his whole demeanor and dealing with the team and just just overall what we saw with Ron at the end of the year. That's how I kind of was. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I again, I would hate to see it happen. I, I think they need to get somebody who has some championship pedigree, but yeah. or at least translates to having some sort of trend. Uh, you know, if you get somebody who doesn't have coaching experience, but um, but yeah, I would I would like to see them go in a completely different direction, and and, and that's why we're talking about Leftwich. I would love to see Byron Leftwich get a chance to be the head coach of the team that he grew up rooting for. Yeah, I think that's a great story. Maybe right, when the new ownership keep, hits, we can get uh, coaches and coordinators who view this job as a stepping stone as opposed to a yeah. sentence. Yeah. You guys keep talking. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. yeah. oh we're going to keep talking. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator. And uh, and here's the thing. Here's the other byproduct of this is that it sort of directs who ends up being the quarterback. And I mentioned because Nick Foles and Case Keenum have played and played well and had their best work under Shermer, those are very good and very solid options for backups to Howell and a break glass in case of emergency if uh, something goes sideways with Howell, be it injury or ineffective play. Do you have a preference as to which one, Dave? Uh, what, as far as uh, the new backup? I mean, between Case Keenum or Nick Foles. I mean, oh, we love gosh. I guess I would rather have Nick Foles. I would rather have Nick Foles because he's won, he, he's won a Super Bowl. And you've Super got – well, yeah, you've got swagger there, and I think that's uh, – and he had he had a video game season where I think he threw 27 touchdowns to two picks. Yeah. Where does that happen? That does yeah. not – like, in the metrics of life, that does not happen. Shermer was the offensive coordinator exactly. for that season. Right. And I think he'd be, he'd be a good fit. He'd be a, a, a decent mentor 
who doesn't think that uh, he this needs to be his team, especially with the way things turned out in the league this year where there were 60-plus starting quarterbacks, uh, a record in the modern era, a, re- a record, you know, period, with I think the exception of the strike season where you had uh, you know players crossing the picket line and things of that vein, the, the scabs. You almost have to figure out, with a few exceptions, you're going to start more than one quarterback over the span of a 17-game season. So it's very important, whomever they bring in, he's the right fit with this offense, whether it's Keenan, whether it's Foles. I think Foles has, has a, a, a higher floor and a higher ceiling than what, and we already know the Case Keenum story here. He's he's Case Keenum, and, and that's not to disparage him, but right. he's not done what Nick Foles has done. And I think when you need a backup quarterback, it's either when you're in a pinch, when your starter's gotten hurt, or you're down 15 points at the half and the offense isn't doing anything, which has happened on multiple occasions this season where Taylor Heineke had to take over for an injured uh, Carson Wentz midway through the season, or when Carson Wentz had to try to jumpstart a very, very uh, lacking offense uh, in San Francisco. And that's when you need a guy like uh, if Nick Foles comes in with his swagger, with his presence, with his track record of being able to jumpstart offenses, I think that's a win-win for this franchise if he comes in with Pat Shermer. Granted, there's a lot of ifs in the equation. And lot. for all we know, he comes in and he and he realizes he looks around and he sees how things are run inside the building and he realizes, you know what? I can hang out and not do anything for another year. I can play golf. I I, I can do whatever and and hope for a better job. And so also I, I, he could easily come in for the final interview and say, you know what? This ain't for me. Good luck. And also it's worth pointing out uh, his preferred jersey number nine just got retired a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Another name that has been bandied about that, you know, I haven't seen a lot of traction on, but I've seen a couple of people throw this name out. Eric Bieniemy. He's rumored hmm. to be not only an option, but a favorite when uh, when the Chiefs season ends. He's He's in the last year of his contract. He's, I believe this is the second straight year he signed a one-year deal uh, to go back to Kansas City. And I don't like to uh, even repeat this because it feels like it's something that people are making up to uh, cover for the fact that this man should have had a head coaching job probably like five years ago. Right. But there's some talk that he's maybe worn his welcome out in Kansas City and he may be looking for a new opportunity. And Washington would make a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. Number one, and you always have to do the dot connecting uh, in the NFL because it's always about relationships. Uh, His last season as an NFL player was in 1999 in Philadelphia. Rivera was on Andy Reid's staff that year, as was uh, Pat Shermer, who we've been talking about. And that's another uh, reason for Shermer is that he and Rivera – Uh, go back a long ways. They've worked together uh, for at least a couple of years in uh, Philadelphia. But uh, Biennemi would be an interesting one because of the success that they've had in Kansas City, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And the thing that everybody points to for him not being a head coach, which is idiotic, but it's what's being said, is that he doesn't call plays. And coming here would allow him to check the one box on his resume that uh, appears to be, or at least people are saying, is why he's not a head coach. I think uh, Biennemi would be a really interesting, uh, I, I don't know that I would call it a home run, because that feels like one of those things where that Washington has done a million times, 
where they get this thing that looks really good on paper, and then it ends up going sideways for a bunch of reasons that nobody uh, determined. But how do we feel about Eric Bieniemy as a as a possibility? Him moving here would be similar to Marvin Lewis uh, being the def- coming over being the defensive coordinator in <laughs> year one of Steve stuff. Spurrier. It was a legendary hot chocolate cake at Morton's that sealed the deal. Some people say. Yeah, but here's the thing: what happened with Marvin Lewis the year after that? He, he got a job at Cincinnati. So I mean, that's finally that's, got that head coaching job. So and, I mean, that's yeah. So that to me is like a, a, that's a win-win there is that right. the enemy gets whatever you know last launching pad he needs to get to the head coaching gig Washington gets a guy who's uh, an established play caller who's let's be real is better than anybody they have a right to expect to want this job um, and I'm gonna throw this out there even if the enemy does come on the staff as the offensive coordinator Ron Rivera will still learn the offensive players names unlike the ball, the old ball coach back in the day and you know, and we i mentioned we talked earlier during the huddle gentlemen about no one who's up and coming really comes to washington marvin lewis is one of the few exceptions yeah you know, and i'm, I'm not going to throw sean mcveigh into the equation because he came, he was a grassroots came yeah. up as a quality control guy and but Marvin Lewis is the the one guy who came to Washington and left with his career in better shape than when he arrived. So, but, but also I, it, it's be, fair to point out that he took the job at a time before we knew Snyder was a, a, right. a disaster of a human being and an owner. So, well, he he, uh, he ordered Cajun shrimp at a steakhouse. <laughs> there you go. Which was George, it, it wasn't even on the menu. George, what do you think of Eric the Enemy? I like him. What do you think about uh, Cajun shrimp? <laughs> Again, that's a, a a name that would be very welcome. I just don't think it's something that's going to happen. I mean, it's I haven't heard his name. Has he been linked to anything else this offseason? No, this there's year? been a couple. Of, there's been a couple of uh, people who are there. I mean, they're not actual NFL reporters, but they're sort of plugged in. That I've seen throw that name out there on the possibility that perhaps you know the the, the Kansas City's run its course. And it's time for a new opportunity. So that's that's a name that I don't think any official people are are saying as a strong possibility. But I've seen a couple of people who are sort of dialed into the league. Uh, if Houston weren't out. such a hot mess, I would hope for him to get that job and get C.J. Stroud in the draft and 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 see what Eric Bieniemy could do. You know, with, with a handpicked quarterback, because the toughest thing, as we know, is. These offensive head coaches who do great with whatever program they're in, they get you know, they get their first head coaching opportunity, and it's with the team that either can't protect their quarterback or it's with a team that has absolutely no quarterback. So crossing fingers, but then you've got the McNair ownership that makes this one kind of look stable yeah, was, in a way because they've, gonna they're, they, they're going to have they, their fourth head coach in four years. Yeah, and uh, in the last two were black head coaches that right. they used as uh, basically human shields. So I, I have zero interest in seeing him uh, finally get his opportunity and have to go to, let's be honest, probably the one franchise that's more dysfunctional than Washington is at the moment. So Tunga Vailoa says he's coming back to Maryland. I know uh, the, my favorite Terps alum, George Wallace, uh, has to be excited about that, right? Yeah, I am. At this point, he's not going to be a first round pick. I think that he realizes that. And look, he's been when he's been good, he's been good. But when he's been bad, he's been pretty bad. So, you know, I I like the fact that he's coming back. Mike Locksley likes the fact that he's coming back. He's already set records, uh, passing TDs, passing yards, 18 touchdowns a year ago. I'm anxious to see. I'm I'm glad he's coming back. And I think that, uh, 
back-to-back bowl wins for this team. It's been a big two years. And, you know, maybe next year with the stability that they finally – they've had now three years of quarterback, then maybe, you know, you get one of those big wins like I thought they would get this year. But uh, I do think that is it is good news all around in College Park. I agree with that. And uh, Dave Preston, and I'm actually going to take it a step further, Dave. I'm going to say that George brought up his draft status. No, he's not going to be a first-round pick, but I could see him coming – in one of the later rounds right. and having some success at the pro level if he lands in the right system. You've seen as many yeah. games as anybody. Do you agree with that? I think you're right. I think my concern with uh, Tully is that he's he's slight, so he's not he's not that big 6'5", yeah. but he's a guy who really works the 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 he he uh to take a quote from Apollo 13 he works the problem when he's out there on the field he works the offense to his benefit there were times this year where he looked as though he was two steps ahead in in the chess match against the defense and he he not necessarily knew everything that they were going to do but he he was so on point with his progressions and with the right team he'll be able to do that with uh, good pass protection and Maryland was better this year he he'll, he'll be able to do that my concern with them and you you look at his older brother and the injury issues that he has had it's not mandatory that a starting quarterback in the NFL be 636465 and be huge but you know what it definitely helps Helps because the name of the game on defense in many ways is get to the quarterback. The quarterback must go down and he must go down hard. And with the way, with the force of these monsters on defense now and how huge they are and how fast they are, it's just, you see a lot, as we mentioned earlier, 65, I think, different starting quarterbacks this year. Some due to ineffectiveness, but a lot due to injury, a lot due to season-ending injury, too. So I think that uh, Talia definitely can play his way onto an NFL roster with another solid season. Being selfish, it's a bummer that they're going to shift away from divisional play east and west the following season, because yeah. I think Maryland is so hamstrung by having to play Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Michigan State, and then occasionally a Wisconsin Mm. and somebody else that's good from the the West Division to the point where you got to play these schools back to back to back. And it's it's tough to go through that meat grinder from a program standpoint. But I'm excited to see Talia come back next year. He's he's been great to work with from a media standpoint. He's a very shy young kid, but he's really come out of his shell the last couple of years and pun not intended. And it'll be say, fun to see Dave him come. Pun if ever I heard one. It'll be fun to see him come out of the shell before kickoff this fall. Coming out have of you the seen, shell. Rob, have you shell. seen the shell where they light the stuff up? I'll, I'll send you I'll send you the video. All right. Okay, talking college hoops, we always talk about how Virginia and Virginia Tech are big rivals. There's a better rival in the Commonwealth. That's VCU and Richmond. They play this Friday evening. Both teams are hot. VCU's won 9 of 10. Richmond has won 4 of 5. The Robbins Center is going to be a rockin', as this may very well be for first place in the Atlantic 10 Friday night. All right, that was good. Look at that, man, with the buzzer beater. Just just hang the hand up if you want Stick the landing. All right. Uh, This is a fun edition of the DC Sports Auto sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork signing off alongside George Wallace, who's pretending he's like he's going to break the huddle. He's definitely not. And Dave Preston, who will join me in breaking the huddle.